Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Work in Progress, the personal productivity science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. Let's get started. Today, I am joined by Thomas Edwards, Jr., creator and author of The One-Up Effect and Next Level Marriage and founder of The Professional Wingman. In today's episode, we are talking about attitude and how having a better outlook on life can level up your productivity. Let's get started. Hi, Thomas. How are you? I'm good, Tia. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Where are you joining us from? Right now, I am in Carlsbad, California in the States, um, which is just outside of San Diego. Nice. Very nice. How's the weather over there? It's actually really nice. I went out with my daughter for a walk and I actually flew in from Boston. I had like a speaking gig out in Boston where it snowed yesterday. Oh, wow. (laughs) So to be here and it being 60 degrees, I felt really good about it. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is, yeah, that's a little bit different. Oh, so nice. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, Your profession is quite multifaceted, as I've read. So for those who don't know you, do you mind explaining a bit about who you are and what it is you do? Yeah. um, I wonder what's better to go through the timeline past to present or present to past? Um, (laughs) Let's take, let's do take as much time as you need. Yeah, we want to hear all about it. <laughs> yeah. So back in 2009, I started my first coaching business, which is which was the professional wingman. And yeah. that coaching practice helps singles find love in by going out. And I went out with them. And so basically I went out with them to social venues and I yeah. gave them real-time feedback on what prevented them from making romantic interactions happen. So I was literally their wingman. And okay, cool. through that, was able to create a lot of success, almost 400 yeah. marriages and engagements, tons of relationships. And then I wanted Whoa. to shift gears and do something a lot bigger. And I love video games. And so when I allowed myself to really immerse in it, I saw that there was a lot of parallels between the experience of playing mm. and performance. Yeah. And so that's when the one-up effect was born, which is basically a methodology that cre- I created that allows you to gamify anything where you desire growth. That's and, so cool. And um, yeah, it's 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 really yeah. it's really cool. Um, wow. And what I realized is that when we're able to gamify things and we act use playfulness, it ends up becoming an elite form of mindfulness. Yeah. And that it's uh, that type of mindfulness increases performance. Yeah, wow. And so did that. And then I started to think about, you know, the, the various ways where we can apply playfulness, especially yeah. when it comes to parts of our lives that are really important, particularly our health, our relationships and our wealth. And naturally, I, I just love relationships and, and communication. So I went back to relationships and being a dad and, and being married, I thought it'd be a great place to apply gamification 
to marriage. Mm. <laughs> and so yeah, okay. that's where next level marriage comes into play. And right. I work with burnt out dads who are struggling in their marriage mm. and I help them save their marriage, keep their families together and enjoy the experience of balancing career, family and life. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Wow. That is a serious <laughs> kind of like journey you've been on there. And I'm sure everyone said this to you. And I just have to ask, so you're like the real life hitch. Like this is like, <laughs> <laughs> this is like actually. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the media okay. will say, and you'll, yeah. you'll, if you look me up, you'll yeah. see that they've called me the real life hitch. I personally don't claim that because I do not want <laughs> Sony Entertainment coming after me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's what a lot of people say about me. Oh, wow. And they wouldn't that's, be wrong. That's oh, that's so cool there. So you know, you mentioned that you were really interested in these different things and kind of improving life and all that kind of stuff. But how do you get into that in like a professional aspect? Because it's not exactly like a job that is like suggested <laughs> to you in like, like you don't really go, oh, you can be a doctor or a teacher or a lawyer, or you could be this like massive I'll life be a professional yeah. wingman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do you, like what, what brain pattern did you have to go through to kind of go like, yes, this is something that I'm going to do on like an executive level? That's such a great question because when I think about it, it just kind of happened, you know, but okay. it started because <laughs> I, usually do, yeah. I wanted to be better, right? Okay, like yeah. I had a lot of struggles in relationships and particularly confidence in myself. Mm. And I was just so focused on wanting to overcome those challenges. So I would go out and I would force myself to meet strangers in like yeah, really wow. challenging situations cool. to get over the discomfort. Yeah. And then I blogged about it as a way to basically debrief and chronicle my development. Mm. And the blog started to catch wind and uh, I had friends who would follow me on social media and hang out with me and see all these amazing interactions that I would have. And then start asking me questions about it. And I said, well, this is what I would do or why don't you try this and yeah. it would work. Yeah. And then it led to one time where a buddy of mine asked me to help him literally be his wingman and introduce him to a woman at the bar that he found really attractive. And in that moment, I, I jokingly just said, well, what's in it for me? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he offered to pay for my drinks like the whole cool. weekend. <laughs> yeah, wow. So I figured like, I have nothing to lose here. This is great. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so I did it. They kind of linked up. And then the next morning, he texted me and said, thanks for being my wingman. I just wrapped up my lunch date with her. She's awesome. Oh, Let wow. me know where you are tonight. You know, drinks are on me. Yeah. And then it was in that moment I realized, wow, like there must be some tremendous really value this, in teaching yeah. other people <laughs> yeah. how to do this, right? And yeah, wow. You're, and you're absolutely right. Like I think most people would see or consider the idea of a wingman as just something that people would do essentially for free. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I always have this like kind of athlete mentality where – you know, people can play basketball all the time, but there's only very few that get paid to do it, right? Yeah, and so exactly. why not be a professional wingman yeah. and get paid to do what other people do for free? That's so cool. And then it just snowballed <laughs> from there. <laughs> that is like the best story. That's so much more interesting. 
like most of what I hear. Um, but no, that's really cool. And I, I love that for you, honestly. That's, yeah, that's amazing. So thank you for answering and introducing yourself. Um, so we're going to do some get to know the guest questions now. So this is essentially the part of the show where I ask Thomas um, some questions, more personal questions about himself um, so that the listeners can learn a little bit more. Um, so I'm just going to ask you four questions. You ready? All right, let's go. Cool. Okay, so what is a recent book you have read? Okay, so the most recent book that I read, it was actually Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Okay. I listened to it on Audible. And I highly recommend this book if you have your own business or an mm. entrepreneur or just are in a position where you make a lot of money. Yeah. Profit First is <laughs> yeah. a great system to okay. use to help you manage where your money goes so that you're good now and well into the future. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, okay. And that one, you said you listened to that on audiobook, but it's available in like yep. hard copy yep. kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can, yeah. You can grab it on Amazon in, in whatever format. Okay, cool. Um, second yeah. question. What is a movie you would recommend? I always love this question because I am a movie buff. So it's like the only question I really care about. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a lie. Don't don't put that in. <laughs> so th this is good. I mean, we can always engage in this. Um, yeah. So the most recent movie that I've seen that I highly recommend is Avatar: Way of the Water. Oh my gosh! One you of the saw most, it. Whoa. I saw. I've seen it twice. You sat through it twice. <laughs> yes, that's and, like and an cried at the end at the exact same place twice. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem admitting this. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's good. the movie. From its cynematography to the storyline yeah. to just, it, it's absolutely beautiful. I, yeah. I just, wow. I highly recommend it. Um, oh my goodness. Two movies that I personally recommend that are my favorites, The Matrix, the first one. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a good movie. Always a great reminder of like just kind of this kind of weird feeling of are we in a simulation, mm, you know? And, yeah. And if we are... <laughs> can we actually leverage the simulation for us to live the life that we want, right? Yeah. And can we actually break free oh, right? wow. unplug? I was just thinking like um, multiple Keanu Reeves, but like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, cool. And then the other movie I'd highly recommend is also Inception. Uh, <gasps> oh my gosh. Because I love yeah. the idea so of These where thoughts come recommendations. from. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Those See, are I, really do, good. I do appreciate that. <laughs> those are like so, like seriously, guys. Like, if you're listening and you haven't seen any of those movies, like, please, like, stop what you're doing right now. Like, I don't care. Just go watch them. Like, right. I mean, listen to They're this like, podcast yeah. <laughs> and then go watch. Movie. Yeah, true. okay. I'm getting a little too into this. Um, but yeah, no, they're all really great. I haven't seen the new Avatar. Um, just because I have like very low like I can't sit still for a very long time um so it's I think a I long have, movie I think for I to, sure yeah I think I have to wait for it to come out on like DVD or like like Hulu or something um because yeah, yeah I don't think I could go see it at the cinemas but I can't wait to see it though like once it once I can see it kind of at my own leisure <laughs> um yeah you're gonna yeah, you're gonna love it I it's, am it's amazing so excited for that that's great and yeah Matrix Inception I love Inception I've seen it so many times it's genuinely just such an interesting film um yeah and just yeah the end it's just like oh my gosh it's just so good mm -hmm. but um okay we'll we'll move on we'll move on okay so th <laughs> third question um what is your favorite podcast 
So I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but right now the podcast I've been listening to regularly is actually the Brian Buffini show. Okay. Um, also known as It's a Good Life. And he is um, a real estate – well, he he's a real estate agent who also now coaches real estate agents on how to live the good life mm. and create a better business through his proprietary system. But he focuses on so many different areas of life, whether it's spirituality, business, finances, mm. personal, family. And he really talks about it in a way that keeps you informed on what simple pro processes you can use to yeah. live that good life. Yeah, wow. And I just really enjoy him. He's a, he's a funny character and I love his energy. So yeah, that's what I'd recommend. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm interested just to like kind of branching off that. Do you listen to more kind of like educational kind of like skill-based like podcasts or more just kind of like fun, maybe like fictional podcasts? Because like we had someone on here the other day who doesn't like listen to podcasts for like any kind of like informative or educational purpose, like purely just for like fun, like listens to like fictional stories and all that kind of stuff. Do you just mm. stick to like the people, the information, like that kind of more like fact finding kind of thing? I've never thought about it until just now when you asked, right? Like for podcasts, I love um, learning. Like I love yeah. learning in general, right? Yeah. But specifically for podcasts, I'll I'll tend to lean towards those where I can like learn something. Yeah, me too. And then for books, I'll also do that, but I also love um, manga, and so cool. like I'll have that and, <laughs> and I'll read that, and that'll be like my fun. Yeah. To, to have. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I never even thought about it. Like, um, it was actually one of my one of the other hosts because we've got like a couple podcasts, um, and there's like a bunch of us who host them, and so we all hang out and kind of chat. And she came on the show. Um, for those listening, yeah, if you haven't listened to Gabriella's um, episode, then please um, listen to it because we had so much fun recording it. And, yeah, I asked her her favorite podcast and she was like, oh, like I listened to this one where it's like it's literally like a TV series but like no TV, it's just like a script and they kind of like read it and there's different characters and like, you know, it's a storyline. Oh, wow. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, It just kind of crossed really cool. my mind. Yeah, I was like, that's so cool because <laughs> I listen to podcasts for like informative kind of like learning based purposes yeah so yeah she was like no there's like this whole other world where it's like kind of like audiobooks but it's like way more like fun and it's just i was just like that's so cool like yeah so. that I, I have heard of some like um podcasts where they'll do it like that and they'll have episodes right and so yeah. then they're having a whole season and it's like this developed storyline so, so that cool. is interesting i like had no idea because i don't know i just lived in my own little bubble and i just assumed that everyone yeah. listened to like the same, the same thing stuff. yeah <laughs> anyway um and my final question is a course you have completed doesn't have to be recent it can just be like ever in your whole life <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, well, I will say one of my favorite courses that I completed is um, The Science of Happiness. It's that Ooh. course that uh, became famous, um, taught at Yale yeah. by Laurie Santos. And she, she goes really into the science of what makes people really happy and mm. how do you set your life up where it's filled with happiness. And yeah. so I, I really enjoyed just like the data yeah. And the research that went into actually what drives us to be happy. That's so cool. I didn't even know yeah. that with like you can 
learn about that kind of thing. But that is really interesting. I could see how, yeah, someone like you would definitely find that very, very <laughs> interesting. That's great. Okay, well, thank you for answering those questions. Um, so we're going to dive into more interview-based questions first because today we're discussing attitude and, you know, how that affects our productivity, da 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 But before I ask you any of those questions, for our listeners, Thomas, how would you define personal productivity? Yes. So this is a very important question because we hear the word productivity all the time, right? Mm. And, and I wonder, yeah. <laughs> does it get diluted? Does the definition kind of get miss, misses mm. the mark? Now, my personal definition of productivity is effectiveness of effort, <laughs> okay. right? And so when you're <laughs> yeah. putting in your effort, how effective are you in that effort? And I think that ultimately that's yeah. productive, right? Like you don't need, you may not need a lot of time to do the thing that you need to do. Mm. And that can be productive, but you could also take a long time and be really impactful in what you're doing. And that is also productive. Mm. And so it isn't kind of this black and white thing where it's like, well, I'm being productive because I'm taking less time. That's not yeah. always the case. Yeah. It's really just about how much effort you're putting in and how effective that effort is. Interesting. So what do you think people get wrong about productivity? Well, I think it's about how much you can do, like how much of, of things you can do in a short period of time, mm. right? So it's kind of like quantity-based and then time-based. Yeah. And okay. sure, like I think there's there's some truth to that. I think when you... You don't want to necessarily waste time or spend time doing things that you can do for less so you can do other things. That mm. makes sense. However, when we start to go in the context of what we love to do and things that we enjoy doing and having the space to put all of our energy into doing that thing, knowing that all of our effort is being really effective, I believe that's productive too. Interesting. Okay. So what are your thoughts on like hustle culture? Because that's something that has definitely kind of come up, especially I heard about this a lot during COVID in terms of like, you know, we're in lockdown, like making the most of like your time, like, you know, like this is an opportunity, blah, blah, blah. What do you think of hustle culture? Like what are your personal kind of thoughts on it? As someone who used to live like that, <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, it's, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Um, All right. I think it can be a great driving force when it comes to beginning projects and even pushing through projects. Mm -hmm. But as a whole way of being, I just don't believe that it's sustainable. Yeah. And the reason why is if you're go, go, go all the time, at some point you're going to be making choices that ends up leading you abandoning yourself. You abandon your well-being, yeah, your mental yeah. well-being, your friends other things that actually are important to you in life. Mm. And when you start doing that, that's no longer productive. Yep. yep. You know, and so then you create all this space to do the, to hustle. And then we get into this conversation of how productive really are you? How effective is the effort that you're really putting in? You know, yeah. and I think sometimes we, once again, we sometimes get confused with, well, if I'm in the hustle culture, that means 24 seven, I need to be doing my job. And yeah, you can create that environment, but how effective are you really being in in putting in all that time? Yeah, you know, is true. it really that worth it? You know, or is it more of like I need to look like I'm hustling mm. so I can be appreciated and, and kind of seen by my my peers and my colleagues? Definitely, yeah. I think I totally, yeah, I agree with the with the latter comment in terms of like 
being seen as hustling, I think is like a major part of like hustle culture. I think it's something like people want to look productive, like they're doing something like all the time because like looking like you're not doing anything, you just, I don't know, there's this kind of like this negative sort of attitude, like, oh, you know, they're not (laughs) doing anything like this, like why I'm doing all this stuff. Why aren't you doing anything? And I think there's a massive part of that. Like even when you just sit down to do something I've never yeah I've never really thought about it in terms of like effort versus kind of like what you're actually doing because you can just sit down and kind of like do stuff and it looks like you're hustling but like how effective is it actually because of like the effort that you're actually putting in I say this is someone who's yeah. like currently at law school and so I can sit down and study but like am I really am I really actually yeah. doing anything or am I just <laughs> listening to like a lecture and it's not like nothing's it's not nothing yeah it's not nothing's going and i'm not actually helping my future self i'm just looking like i'm doing something yeah like you're going through the actions right like you're you're playing the part and and here's another kind of um misconception about productivity right we just assume that productivity is about doing Mm. like you have to do you're you're doing something right like you're active but there's also productivity and being passive and not doing something too Yeah, definitely. I think that's also important. Um, So like one of the biggest (laughs) things that I've definitely taken away from hosting this show for I don't even know how long now um, is, yeah, everyone's definition of productivity is like different in terms of how they deliver it. But I think the biggest thing that I've taken away is um, like productivity doesn't mean that you have to be working for like financial or career like gains. It can mean just like actually sitting down and, you know, relaxing with your family or taking some time to meditate or doing some laundry or like, you know, just taking some time to relax or, you know, coloring in. I don't know, like whatever it is that you need to do because those things still are inherently productive because they're helping you kind of maintain your energy levels and your balance so that you can go back and kind of achieve more things in like your career and your personal life and all that kind of stuff it's really interesting yeah i found it it's 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 really it's it's about the the mastering of managing your energy yeah right and like you might have all the energy in the world but if you're not really being effective with how you're using it then it doesn't really mean anything. And then if you're not being intentional with how you recharge mm. and recalibrate, then when you go back into the doing, it's still not going to be as effective either. Right? Definitely. And so, you know, anyone who stays up for 24 hours can attest <laughs> to to this, this, yeah. this theory, right? Yeah. It's like you could try to repeat the same day the next day and not sleep, right, mm. that night and know that your your productivity levels are going to be drastically diminished totally you know and that's just based on physical but yeah as we as we know like the physical affects the mental and then Mm. it's a trickle-down effect yeah definitely so we've talked about productivity what it means so now let's talk about attitude which is what we're here which is why you're here um so based on your experience how would you define attitude because when i think attitude i think like 
five-year-old me and my dad being like, you have your mom's attitude. And like <laughs> me getting like constantly like, wow, she's got like, she's got a big attitude. But I don't, this is definitely not kind of like what you're talking about. I don't think anyway, because <laughs> that's what I think. Because I think when you, yeah, when people say like, oh, they've got an attitude or, you know, da, 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 it's like a negative yeah. kind of connotation. But we're here to talk about how it affects our productivity. So going back to my question, based on your experience, how would you define attitude? What does it mean for you? Yeah, I mean, your attitude is basically a combination of your thoughts and your feelings. You know, that, and, and that's it. You know, we can break it down even more. You know, when we think about cognitive behavioral therapy, mm. they really focus on the thoughts, feelings, behavior cycle. Right. Yeah. And so when you, so when your dad's like, oh, you got your mom's attitude, that's just based on the behavior in which he has seen from you and yeah. his wife. Right. Yeah. So, and so, but it starts from the thoughts and the feelings, yeah. you know, and then it gets expressed through the, be, the behaviors. So if you have a bad attitude, that's typically because your thoughts and your feelings are negative and or heavy, mm. which is leading to negative and non-productive, not like destructive behavior. Yeah. Whereas if you have what's considered a positive attitude, right? Like your thoughts and your feelings are lighter and positive, and so it's leading to more productive, proactive mm. behavior. Interesting. But yeah, all the doing and the actions that are associated with productivity starts in the thought. Yeah. So. In terms of just like going back to attitude, because I think this is a concept that like I hear about, but I haven't really grasped on like like a certain personal level. I'm like, how do you separate your attitude from like, how does that kind of coexist with your personality? Like, is that something mm -hmm. different in and of itself or is it connected? Like, how do you, what are your thoughts? So I will share my my kind of belief around it in terms of how I got around it. Because when I was in my 20s, I was very ego-driven and ego-led, right? And so all of my decisions, my actions, my reactions were all based on my egoic thoughts. Mm. And those thoughts drove my feelings. And then it dictated the behaviors that ended up being destructive and not productive, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so this was a lather, rinse, repeat process and when you have an ego that doesn't have any boundaries, it's going to just unleash, you know, in a way that can really be harmful, not just to the, to its host, mm. right, me, but to the people in my life. Mm. And I, and I was unconscious to, to the impact of that. And when I finally was able to get to a place where I saw like the, the damage and the destruction, it made me realize, okay, I need to work on putting boundaries around my ego. Right, and to okay. start doing these, doing other practices that can allow me, my ego to not be as loud mm. and to have something more soulful, more spirited inside of me be the louder voice. Yeah. That tends to be the, the more positive, uplifting, lighter attitude. Mm. And so, in other words, spirituality for me <laughs> served as the, the boundary in which to host to be able basically to allow my ego to still exist, right? Because we mm. all have personalities, right? Yeah. But to have those boundaries in place. So even if my ego is freaking out because it feels unseen or if it feels a certain way, it's not going to lead to a point where you're behaving in a way that's destructive and not productive. Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, that, that, that makes a little more sense because, yeah, I was like, okay, I was like, how do I? And then the personality and the ego and, yeah, I was trying to, like, connect the dots. But, um, yeah, I get, I get where you're coming from. So how do you think a person's attitude influences their overall personal productivity? Okay, so if we go back to that example, right, in, in cognitive behavioral therapy, there's a, there's a cycle, right? Your thoughts dictate your feelings and your, fi- your feelings drive your, your behaviors, yeah. right? And so our thoughts typically come up right when we're about to do something or something happens to us. So, for example, if I get cut off in like if I'm driving on the street and someone like cuts me off and gets in front of me, right? My thought, depending on you know what what, what that thought is, could take me down a road that will lead me to a behavior that will either be, <laughs> yeah. you know, like productive <laughs> yeah, or not productive, I, I you, yeah. right? And so, what sometimes we just think that our feelings drive our behaviors, and that's just partially true. Mm. We have to actually think of something to evoke the feelings. Yeah, and then okay. we get in a space where are we going to act on these feelings or are we going to allow these feelings to actually process through our bodies mm-hmm. and let them go and then have a clear space where we can actually have the do the action in which we feel most intended to do. So yeah. in that moment, I can feel the my body reacting when I get cut off on the road and my thought could be, oh my gosh, that person is such a jerk. Or it could be, wow, that person's really in a rush. I hope everything's okay. Yeah. And all of a sudden now my feelings towards that experience completely change and then my behaviors change towards it too. Mm-hmm. I might slow down, I might create space. I'm not going to speed up or try to yeah. cut them off, right? <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. which can happen, right? I've, yeah. I've definitely have done that in the past, right? And so um our thoughts really drive a lot more of our productivity than we think. Interesting. So yeah, I yeah, I've I've never really thought about it like that, but I guess it's definitely true because I think and it kind of just comes up in sort of everyday life, but you don't really think of it as like something that is driving your actions. Like, you know, even when you're just having conversations and someone will be like, Oh, what do you think of this person? And they'll be like, Oh, they like this, and then someone will be like, Oh, maybe they're just like that because of like xyz and then you're like oh yeah okay maybe maybe i won't be rude to them <laughs> like you know it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah you kind of have that um that process so going back to having a positive attitude why do you think it is essential to have a positive attitude towards um what it is that we do whether it's our work or our lifestyle in general honestly it's good for our health it really okay. is You know, when we carry a negative attitude, there is a different structure that or a different reaction that our bodies actually, um, there's there's something that physiologically that happens in our bodies, Mm. you know, our cells take on that energy. And it actually, when we continue to stay in negative thoughts, it actually can break down the health in our bodies externally and internally. Like for example, some people who experience stress, stress may break out in hives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Someone who might experience deep stress may actually experience <laughs> yeah. like cramps or mm. um, failed organs, or they might be. Um, the studies have actually shown that even you know negative thoughts can can actually create cancer. Yeah. Wow. You know because of of just the negativity, the the darkness of that, and yeah. so um, you know the having a positive practicing 
having a positive outlook. And by the way, positive doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, everything is awesome, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's just not life, right? Yeah, no, yeah. It just, I, I would even go as far as say, not so much positive attitude, but a more proactive attitude. Yeah. You know, where you're just not allowing yourself to be at the bottom. Yeah, I was just right? gonna ask, like, if you do we want to bottom, define that? Yeah. Yeah, right. Even if you are at the positive? bottom, you're still looking to to where you want to go. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that's really important. So when you're able to maintain that, it just becomes now this way of being yeah. that then leads to you having the energy to then be productive. Yeah. Right. Because if you're putting in positive or proactive effort. Mm naturally the effectiveness of that is going to be a lot more than if you weren't feeling good about what you were doing. Interesting. So how can we incorporate kind of like a positive attitude and outlook sort of like, you know, overall happiness into our lives without regarding it as like a difficult thing to achieve? Because like we can say, oh yeah, like, you know, it's essential to have a positive attitude to help your productivity. But like, how do you maintain a positive attitude when, you know, life is, you know, life and it, it hits you <laughs> with different kind of stuff. How do you kind of incorporate that into your life without having to like physically try and kind of like, you know, you have to like conjure it up really hard and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to try and be like really positive today. Like how do you kind of maintain that attitude? Yeah. Like we expect us to kind of like psych ourselves up right yeah. to kind of overcome the, the, the experience that, yeah. and, like i'm gonna be yeah, happy right? today and like yeah, yeah right like today's gonna be a great day yeah. right and you can you can feel that and that could be great and that could work for you for like the first hour right but then life will happen <laughs> yeah. and question you and yeah. you're like wait today was supposed to be a good day like why is this not a good day and yeah that's just one tool of many tools mm -hmm. that you can you know have in your toolbox to yeah. pull out at any moment throughout the day. And so in terms of practices, you have, there's like affirmations, there's meditation, you can journal, you can connect with someone that uh, you love and care about, who you feel safe with and express and have a fun connection. You can play music, you know, there's environmental things that you can do. Mm -hmm. There's essential oils, there's prayer, <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, stuff. Yeah. doing Jumping jacks, you know, like part of the practice is stimulating yourself with things that mm. bring you joy. Yeah. Right. So when we talk about like happiness, right, and relationships, because I'm sure when people first listen, they're like a professional wingman, like what does that have to do with productivity, <laughs> right, and yeah, like yeah. attitude. But ultimately, what you want to do is you want to find opportunities throughout the day to stimulate your mind, your body, and your soul yeah. in, a, in a way where you're feeling joy and yeah. you're experiencing fun. Yeah. And that just naturally puts you in this higher energetic state mm -hmm. where you're much more proactive and you're curious and you're less cr um, critical. Mm -hmm. This is why I love playfulness so much. When we are playing – we don't think about how bad we're doing. Yeah. We don't beat ourselves up, you know, if we lose the game, like, you know, lose that round per se, especially if we're learning how to play a new game. Yeah. We actually become more curious. And because we have a chance to play that game again, we don't see that experience of losing as failure. 
we see it as an opportunity to receive I don't feedback. Know, I think my teenage brother would disagree with you, but <laughs> but I, I well, see where you're coming from. <laughs> happens and it's still a feeling, right? Yeah, like yeah. you're still a, 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 a bummer. Yeah. But it we we fail, we, we forget often how resilient we are as human beings. Yeah. And playfulness allows us to really experience that that resilience, mm. you know? And I just often find when I'm working with my clients, right before they go into something that either they've worked really hard on or they're nervous about, when they do the thing that brings them joy and happiness, they stop thinking about the what ifs and they stop mm. having the anxiety. Yeah. And they go in with more of this sense of peace and curiosity rather than like this stress and fear of what, what could happen. Mm. Um, so I, I always find that when you're able to sprinkle those those experiences throughout the day, whatever that may be for you. It could be walking out in nature. It could be going for a yoga, you know, class, or it could just be listening to, you know, a pot, a podcast book, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it could yeah. be one of those things, right? Yeah. Or it could be watching the matrix, right? Like I've seen that, I've seen that movie well over a hundred times, right? Oh, wow. And I will continue <laughs> to watch that movie, yeah, yeah. you know, but yeah, I definitely. know when I turn that on, I'm going to feel a certain sense of joy, yeah. right? Because that's what I'm after. And then I take that experience of joy and then I place it into now my effort. Mm. And all yeah. of a sudden now my effort's more effective and that's productivity. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was, that was nice mic drop <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah. That was great. No, I totally, yeah, I agree. I think just like learning to, yeah, look at things from a more playful perspective, I think is something that I've learned as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, I need to kind of like be a little bit more lighthearted in the way I go about things. Like I don't have to, you know, getting on the train doesn't have to be like a, yes, tick that off, mission completed kind of situation. It can be like, yeah, yeah. I'm getting on the train and this is cool. And like I saw some um, kids like on the, they're on the, I was going to say on the tracks. They weren't, they were on the station platform. <laughs> that sounded so bad. They were standing at the platform and like, clearly they don't um, get on the train very often. Like their mum was taking pictures and they're all standing there like this. And I was like, I do this like every day, but it was just so nice to like see these like kids get like super excited about, yeah, we're going on the train. Like, this is so cool. And that just made me smile. I was like, that's just so nice. Like just little things. And um, even like recently, and I found this has helped my productivity. This is going to sound like it doesn't, but it does, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, I listen to like 70s like disco music in the morning and it's just the best. Like it's just so good. It genuinely changes like my whole headspace. Sometimes it does inform my outfit choices for the day, <laughs> which is <laughs> like sometimes I kind of come out. My brother's like, why are you like <laughs> – what's what's going on here it's like you got patterns and flare pants and but like yeah I don't know you listen to like yeah peaches and herb and like jackson five like in the morning and you kind of it puts yeah. you in a good headspace and I definitely I do my makeup and I get ready and I clean my room and you know once I sit down I kind of turn it down and put down like you know something a little bit more lo-fi and chill to like get me into the study zone but it sets a good kind of like precedent for the day like this is going to be fun you can't be sad listening to like 70s disco music like it's just not you can't you can't it's, it's just, not really possible no, it's right really not and, and here <laughs> and here's what's really interesting right like your environment will dictate your productivity yeah so if let's say you know you broke up with your partner right like you're not going to go home and like all of a sudden want to play 70s disco <laughs> like that's not going to be like your initial <laughs> yeah, no. like desire you're probably going to put on like 
Jack Johnson yeah. or like John Mayer <laughs> and you're probably going to light candles and yeah. you're going to have a tissue box there, right? Like you're, yeah. you're going to set the scene to feel your sadness. Mm. And by the way, I'm not recommending that you don't allow yourself to feel that sadness. Yeah, definitely. What I'm saying like, let is it, if let you don't, feel it. Mm. yeah, like let yourself feel your feelings and once they're processed, create a new environment for how you want to be now moving forward, yeah. right? And so- Environment plays a huge, huge role in that. And if you can allow your environment to almost naturally put you in that, that kind of playful, mm. fun, excited state, then it makes it less likely for you to be impacted by negative forces that will come at you throughout the yeah. day. Yeah. So I, when I think about like a game like mentality, like imagine if everyone walked around this earth and you saw like their health bar, right? Whoa. And like the, everyone's health <laughs> yeah. bar was out of 30, you know, yeah. and some people, they work themselves like really hard and they might burn like 29 points out of 30 and like they're at one and they go to sleep. Mm. They naturally assume that because they went to sleep that their health bar goes back to 30, but it doesn't. Yeah. Their health bar might go back to 20. And there's some other things that they would need to do to put themselves in the state and to feed themselves to get to 30. But if we're in hustle culture... You don't do that. You bypass yeah. all of those things. And now you're trying to do the same thing with less energy, a less of a health bar, right? So yeah. you have 20 out of 30, but you still need 29, right? And then you, if you try to do this over and over, eventually that health bar will get to zero. Mm-hmm. And that's burnout. Yeah. Right. But in games, like you, you actually die, right? Like you can't, (laughs) you can't, you can't live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But on a more serious note, there are people who burn out to the point where they actually end up dying right? physically because of just the deterioration and and often suicide. Right. Mm. So it is a serious thing on that end. And so when we create these environments and we talk about attitude and why it's so important is because it fills us up. So that way, when we put in the effort to do the things that we do, Mm it becomes more effective, which means you're not spending 25 points out of 30 every day. Yeah. Maybe today you're spending 28 because you chose to do something for yourself that actually put you in a much more positive attitude or proactive Mm. attitude. Yeah. And then over time you get to a point where maybe you're only burning half of your your, your, uh, health bar a day, but still doing more for yourself and for other people. Like imagine what that would look like, you know? And so when I talk to my clients about that, I tell them, you know, when you make certain changes in your mindset, you can become 10, 20, 30% more productive and still feel like you have energy to do other things like go home and be a dad (laughs) (laughs) right, or take your wife out on date night, (laughs) you know, and be able to feel like you have the energy to do those things just because you've changed your mindset and you've created the environment that's more conducive to that. Mm. Yeah. It's so interesting how like having a positive mindset just influences our productivity. It's not something that I ever kind of like put together because like as someone, like I mentioned before, I'm still like I'm studying at the moment and Mm -hmm. I have to study like whether or not I want, like whether or not I feel like it and whether or not I'm happy about doing it. But I think, yeah, having that external happiness, even though I might not be entirely happy about having to write the 3,000 word essay that I don't really care about. I still, because I kind of have 
this external happiness or this internal happiness, I guess. I can kind of just do it without it feeling like it's really affecting my mood. I don't know. It's just it's such a weird kind of concept and it's something that sort of takes your head a bit to get around because it's like how does me being happy influence like me doing well at work? Like how does that like because you don't yeah, really put right? it, you don't really like put it together. Like it makes sense, you know, holistically. Yeah. But you're kind of like, well, isn't that just like an action? Like why do I have to have this like mindset before I even go into it. It's just such an odd, it's an odd concept. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, well, we also off, we oftentimes are put in situations where productivity is, is reward-based, right? Yeah. So if we do certain things and we do it in a, in a, an effective way, then we get rewarded with something. And so we tend to chase that external reward, mm. but Thanks to this class I took, The Science of Happiness, thank you, Larry Santos, <laughs> right? We, I've learned that the things that we tend to go for externally don't actually make us happy. Mm. It may make us happy like in the moment in which we acquire it, but because our minds go through what's known as hedonic adaptation, the moment we acquire something that's new, it immediately becomes stale. Yeah. And then we go into this process of looking for the next thing, mm. right? And so when you put yourself into, you know, having these most where you're playing, you know, 70s disco. Like imagine playing 70s disco while you're trying to like study. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't get anything it, done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you know, and, and you, you brought up a really good point, right? Like there's certain things in life that you're going to have to do whether you're happy or not. Yeah. Right? But it doesn't mean that you can't still create an environment to put yourself in its best position to enjoy and in the experience as possible. For mm. example, I'm not a big fan of like doing dishes, <laughs> yep. but I have to do them <laughs> most <either>. nights, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, I'm not the biggest fan of, of doing those things. So what I decided to do, I put on music. Mm. For me, it's reggae, you know, and I'll yep. put on reggae and I'll like vibe and all of a sudden now like dishes are sparkling <laughs> you yeah. know and the kitchen's clean you know yeah. and it didn't feel like it took that long mm. but if i'm like dreading it it's gonna take me twice as long yeah because i'm gonna go slow i'm not gonna do as good of a job because i don't care about it right and i'm not enjoying it yeah and what is kind of goes under the radar is that, that actually builds momentum yeah. So if I go in and not feel excited about this experience tonight of washing my dishes, I'm definitely not going to be excited about it Tuesday. And yeah. I'm going to feel yeah. even worse about it Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? So come Saturday, I'm probably going to end up doing like half the dishes and I'm going to leave the rest there. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it, it, that even the feelings of that can build momentum over time, you know? Yeah. And so the inverse is true too. Yeah. I can look forward to doing the dishes. I mean, I like the experience of doing the dishes, but I can look forward to doing them because I get to listen to my music. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah. No, I yeah. like that. I like that. I think um, my follow-up question on that is, you know, we talk about a positive attitude and ways that we can develop it, et cetera. But I think a lot of people, when they think about developing positive attitude and kind of, you know, um, growing that happiness and all that kind of stuff, you think of all these things that you like, have to do to get there it's like oh well if I want to do that then you know I have to go to the beach and then I'm gonna to have to make time to go to the beach and you know I've got to you know go 
buy a new candle or a shirt or like something, you know, I've got to like, oh, I've actually got to do this to kind of get there and it's going to take time out of my day. And I think I've like, I've definitely thought about this in terms of, you know, like, oh, it's, it'd probably be good for me, you know, headspace wise, physically or whatever, to go for a walk or to go to the beach or, you know, to do a meditation. But my instant kind of reaction is like, oh, but that's going to, like I'm going to be losing time. I don't have time. Like I'm not, I don't have time. So what advice would you have for people who want to, you know, grow that positive attitude, develop that happiness, but are like worried about how it might obstruct their kind of growth and productivity kind of in the moment. Like they're worried about, oh, if I do this, I'm going to have to give up on that. Or if I do that, it's going to, it's going to influence my, you know, time at work or that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a great question. And I get that all the time. And, you know, this was one of the bigger reasons why I created the one up effect, because when you consider the power of just one applied throughout life, it can be really significant. And and here's why. I work with a lot of busy professionals where they'll say, I don't have time to do these things. And I always challenge them, right? I was like, so so here's a simple concept. 1%, right? 1% of your day is 15 minutes. Now, if you were to take 1% out of your productivity, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're you're 100% productive, work, <laughs> focus on work all yeah. the time, nothing else, right? Not your body, not your mind, nothing else, right? Do you think you'd really miss that 1%? Yeah, true. It's unlikely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's just unlikely. You yeah. know what I mean? And so th- those 15 minutes, actually, I found just through working with my clients, increases productivity, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a – I personally believe that there's not a cost to this when you're talking about um, giving up right? Yeah. Like you're giving towards, right? You're giving towards your mental well-being. You're giving towards a healthier body. You're giving towards a feeling of connection and love and a better relationship with yourself mm. for 15 minutes, Yeah. right? And over time, because the experience becomes more fulfilling, you might give 2% mm. or 3%. Yeah. 4% still not a lot, right? <laughs> but, yeah. that's an hour, but that's an hour, Yeah. right? Like that's an hour of your day. And so the question is, do you really think that you're going to miss that 4% of time, not Mm. productivity, right? We're talking about time and productivity are two different things. Yeah. So if you're willing to give up 1% of your time and you think this is cost, but like I said, it's a price that you are investing in to actually increase your productivity, I think it's worth at least a test. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) At least a test to see. And the the last concept I'll share is like when you're focusing on being 1% better every day, Mm. like miraculous things can happen. Right. And so, and you may have heard this or seen this, right. But if you stay stagnant, like one to the power of 365 is one, Mm. right. Because there's just no growth. But 1.01 to the power of 365 is like around 37. So in theory, like spending 1% of your time a day 
trying to be 1% better could create potentially, right, in theory, 37 times the, the, the improvement mm. possible, yeah. right? And that may not, it may not be, it might be difficult to measure. I mean, I have a methodology that helps with tracking and measuring if that's really possible. In a lot of cases it is, right? But it's just a little bit, you know? Um, and even like com- compounding, like you don't even have to compound. Like a lot of times people feel like they need to like habit stack, like, and, and do more each day. Yeah. Like if you just even focus on doing one thing and just being really good at it for a year, yeah. your life would change dramatically without having to add anything else, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm very anti-giving up and more about um, adding, upgrading, or optimizing. Interesting. No, you I know? like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I think that's really cool. And I think this year, um, I don't know, for a lot of people, 2022 was just like, it went fast. It was terrible. It was a blur. Like I said, it was a hot mess. We're already almost uh, done with January 2023. <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> I'm really, I'm really not ready. It's just like, it's just, it just keeps coming. And this is not, it's just yeah. not, it's not slowing down and it's not stopping. And I think that's what I've had to like grow to adjust to. I'm just kind of like, all right, this is just going to keep it's just gonna keep coming yeah and I just have to learn how to like you know deal with it how to make it work for me and I think that's the biggest thing that I've had going into this year because I was burnt out last year and it was mm-hmm. scary and it was bad and it was not it was not cute it was just it was <laughs> not it was not an enjoyable experience um yeah. but I think so going into this year I'm like all right <laughs> we really don't want to get to that to that point again so this year I think it's been I haven't set myself like massive goals but just like you said sort of more mindset changes that are going Mm -hmm. to create that kind of like productivity effect like that flow-on effect so and and that's just like really small things like just meditating in the morning before I start like working or before I start studying or going out to do, you know, big life things that you have to do when you're an adult. Um, yeah. Just like meditating just for like 10 minutes at the start of the day. I started off just like two minutes because I just get like distracted really quickly. Um, yeah. And so, I, but I built up and I could do like 15 minutes now and it's only like almost the end of January. Um, but it's been good. Awesome. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, this is giving me this and, you know, just adding music here or making sure that this is always clean or five minutes of cleaning every night is something um, one of the hosts for the other podcast, she does like home organization and um, cleaning and all that kind of stuff with, um, yeah, homes and she does that on the podcast. And we were talking about just doing like five minutes of cleaning just like every night, whether it's just like your desk or just like putting, taking your clothes off the floor and actually putting them like in a basket or in the wardrobe or something. And it's just those little yeah. things. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be massive like habit stacking, goals, tracking, like blah, blah, blah. You can do that if that works for you. But I found yeah. that doesn't work for me because I just get disappointed and then I give up. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've just yeah. kind of like reverted back to mindset change. And I think it, it's had the like the most insane effect just like in the past month just seeing myself just kind of you know and I've got assignments due at the moment that you know maybe I'm not that interested in them but I don't entirely like dread doing them all that much because I'm like okay I'll get this done it's fine like it's and it's just so so weird (laughs) it's nice yeah it's a good feeling (laughs) yeah 
right? Like, and listen, like you're going to go through life and there's just going to be some things that you're going to dread and not enjoy. And yeah. like, that's just a part of life, totally. right? But those are the things that you can't control, mm. right? But what you can control is how you choose to show up to it, yeah. right? And exactly. so it sounds like you're taking these little moments. These are like little micro moments mm. to just create a little bit of a shift, yeah. right? And when you're doing those things throughout the day, it really does build momentum. It really does recharge. Like, mm. you know, if you're putting if it's in and listen, like the things that you don't want to do will drain your energy more than the things yeah. you love to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. When you're in a zone, like you have infinite energy, you lose mm. track of time. Like, you, you know, you forget that you had to go to the bathroom two hours ago. Right. Like, like all these things like <laughs> yeah, yeah. take place. Right. And then yeah. when you're done, you're like, well, how did it become nighttime? Like, I feel like I could still go another like 12 hours, mm. right? But when you do something you dread, it could feel like it's taking forever, right? And you yeah. feel exhausted when you're done. So in those moments, when you sprinkle these little things of five minutes of cleanup or um, I love organizing. So for me, like it's like Tetris, right? And so yeah. I, I, I feel a sense of fulfillment when things are clutter free and organized yeah. and where they are. And it gives, it gives me energy. Yeah. Right. And so even just a little bit of that, a little bit of meditation, um, whatever those tools are, sprinkle them throughout the day. Mm. You know, don't try to like kind of top load them in the morning. Like there is magic in a morning routine, but I feel like there's more longevity in a daily routine. Yeah. And so have them sprinkled out throughout the day. So it gives you a little bit of that jolt yeah. to kind of reframe your mind as you're going into that next thing that you do. And you'll be so surprised as to how efficient and effective you are in mm. the effort that you're giving in those experiences when you give yourself a little bit of a dose of you prior to doing that, you yeah. know? And that comes down to just your relationship with yourself, Yeah, right? Totally. Are you willing to give yourself – do you know yourself, right, to know the, what things – really make you feel happy and are you willing to give yourself those things when you need it mm. right and and when you do that it can be it can be more challenging to find the things you don't like to do than it is to find the things you do <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah it's and it's such a weird just like weird mind shift because you see yourself and you're just like this is odd <laughs> I have energy <laughs> this is nice um so yeah. yeah going off that we're going to talk about practices and habits sort of experiment debriefs now so this is essentially part of the show where I ask Thomas the experts uh what they do to apply kind of the things that we've learned so what is a practice that you do to improve your attitude um that helps your personal productivity Oh man, there's like a whole there's a whole list that I <laughs> I'd expect, I look into yeah. <laughs> and I yeah and I and I track every day. But um, I'll bring up one that is un that's not common. Okay. I I talk to a stranger almost every day. Okay. And like actively I, like going out. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> right you know, like, and there's different ways to go about. It. There's different ways to do it. Right. Like um, when when the pandemic was really, uh, you know, a big, big thing, there was a company and it still exists called lunch club. Mm. And basically, you know, you sign up for it and they pair you with someone that you've never met. And basically you set a time that you're available and it, they find the mutual time. And then you guys connect and zoom and Whoa. you do those things and you can set up for as many times as you want each week. 
right? Yeah. Um, but I learned that experience that like there's so much magic in meeting people that you don't know because it expands your worldview. You're guaranteed mm. to learn something and we yeah. love to learn. We feel really good about having more knowledge than we did before. Yeah. But studies have actually proven that talking to strangers actually makes us happier as human yeah, beings. Hmm. You know, there's a, a grander connection to the world that we experience as a result of being someone new. Yeah. Um, and this whole, this whole fear of talking to strangers has actually come from when we were kids. You know, when yeah. like we were little kids and you were told like, you don't, don't talk, talk to strangers, strangers. <laughs> right? Even though you do when you're some, a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? And, and maybe some of your parents, those out there, may have told you why, mm. right? And that why was probably so scary <laughs> that yeah. like you didn't want to. But the thing is that thing kept that story stayed with you through through adulthood oh yeah strange so danger started, was like such a yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely right so when i was going out with clients and i was connecting with them and i saw what was going on it was clear to me that that story was still very prevalent yeah wow you know yeah that and it made it difficult for them to talk to strangers but we are wired as human beings to connect with one another yeah right and that's just something that when i push myself to do that i create these really unique opportunities and I never go into a situation where I walk away and feel like, oh my gosh, that was a waste of time or, oh wow, like that person did not make me happy, right? I actually always have come out feeling good about myself. Wow. And so um, I so really would push people, you know, to, to, to give that a shot. You don't have to do it every day like, like I try to do, <laughs> but even yeah. if it's just like once a week, yeah. you know, sit somewhere that you don't normally sit or go somewhere where you don't normally go yeah. and, or... You can even do things that you normally do and just interact with the people that you don't normally interact with. Maybe it's yeah. the barista at the coffee shop. Maybe it's the cashier at the grocery store, mm. you know, um, wherever that may be. Yeah. You know, it just having a simple interaction with them, you will feel better. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's so nice. So what would you say are some of the challenges that you face when doing this practice? Making sure that I'm able to be in position to talk to strangers. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. You know, because um, I, I do work remotely, right? And so if I don't have, let's say, like a, a prospective client come in or if I'm not going out because I'm working all day, that might be tough. Mm. Um, and so I have to decide, do I want to like go out on my way <laughs> to do that or I'm just going to let that go today? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Sometimes I might actually find a simpler solution and try to like find something going on online to mm. attend so I can meet people. But I find that my life is set up where the odds are in my favor to meet someone new yep. each and every day. Yeah, um, that's and cool. so I'm fortunate to be able to do that. But for something like talking to a stranger, you really would have to kind of shift how you view your lifestyle and kind mm. of how it functions for you to be able to do that. So I struggled with that at the beginning because. Yeah, right. I worked from home a lot yeah. and I was very comfortable being at home. So yeah. to actually go out, which I'm very comfortable doing, but to actually make the effort to go out and, and do that yeah. took a little bit of, of a repetition to, to yeah. become like the normal thing. Yeah. That's so interesting. I guess, yeah, I haven't really yeah, thought about that, but I, I guess I do this for like a living. <laughs> I talk to random <laughs> yeah. people like almost three times a day, like every week. Um, 
Which is cool. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it definitely, it's an energizing experience. You're just like, you've got like such a buzz. Yeah. I don't know. I have to have a buzz because I'm a host. So I have to, <laughs> I come with like a, with a Red Bull. Um, but yeah. yeah, it is, it is a really nice, yeah, it is an interesting experience. So how do you think this practice impacts your personal productivity or your perception of life? Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for me, the biggest thing is I have a more, I get to have a more expansive view of the world. Yeah. Right. Like there's an experience that I didn't previously have that I have now having gotten to connect with someone. And by the way, when I say talk to a stranger, I don't mean to like sit down and have this very involved, deep, you know, connected conversation. If it leads that way, that's pretty epic, but that doesn't have to be the goal each and every time. It could just literally be saying, someone saying, hey, hi, how are you? And you saying, I'm doing well. Like, how are you doing? And smiling, you know, like that little response may be something that they're hearing for the first time that day, you know, yeah. and like there's magic to that. It doesn't have to go any further than that, right? But just seeing the response of how they would, you know, how they responded to that, you're going to feel so good. And it was so simple to do, right? Yeah. And so um, when I get that, feeling of like, wow, like I just allowed myself to be vulnerable and meet someone that I didn't know before. It gives me this confidence then to go into the next thing or next activity that I'm doing and feel like, okay, I can handle that. Yeah. You know, like if I could talk to a stranger, <laughs> particularly maybe one that like my, my ego would r- instinctively not want to talk to. <laughs> and then I go in and yeah. I do it. Right. Like, what can't I do? Yeah. You know? I love it. <laughs> and I think that's like the great thing about, uh, you know, the good part of positive psychology, but also in terms of like practices and habits is that it just starts to reprogram thinking and, and stories that have mm. lasted for maybe decades for some people. Yeah. And it's just through these simple actions, you know? And so this idea of you can't talk to strangers or don't do that, like, ugh, the your life will change, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not understating this, right? Like yeah. your life will, uh, your life will change when you allow yourself to just go up and meet people that you don't know. Yeah, you're gonna learn so much about yourself, oh, yeah, totally. and about the world, mm. and about life. You know, and so, and you get mm. to take that into what you what you're doing, whether it's the next activity or through life. Like you're naturally just gonna be better because of that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Both my parents have that like weird skill that I found so embarrassing as a child. They had like this ability that like we would just be at the shops and it's like a running joke in my family. Like my mum knows how to tell someone about my whole family in like three seconds, like my entire, like our entire existence, like full like ancestry.com situation. And it's like a running joke. Like my mum, like will just tell everyone, but she's just, and I found it so embarrassing. And my dad, has this as well they can just like talk to people and people come up and talk to my parents and it's just the weirdest thing but like as I've gotten older I appreciate it more now I'm like wow that's like a that's a skill and it's come to benefit both of my parents in such weird ways like my dad has gotten so many jobs just pure and my mom like too just because they've just talked to people and like be nice and yeah, just like communicate. And then this person is like, oh, hey, like you mentioned, you know, my mom will immediately blabber on about something. They'll be like, oh, I've actually, you know, we've got this or this is coming up or, you know, let's talk about this or da, da, da. And it, it comes with 
benefits. Like obviously if you're going out for networking purposes, then it's different. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, it just, it provides that energy and it's such a skill. And I think if you're a shy person, then it's definitely something that you can work on Um, and it benefits you in so many more ways than you would think. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of kind of residual effects that just become byproducts of just you going up and saying hi to someone. Right. And I love what you said. Like if you're, if you're someone who's not used to doing that, just creating some level of, of habit or practice, right. Mm -hmm. Where it can even be once a month. Like it, it doesn't matter. What matters is that it's regular. Yeah. Right. And that it's recurring. That's the most important thing. Right. And and if you're able to do it, you're just going to, you're just going to notice a change occur over time where the next time you go into a social situation or the next time you go into a familiar situation, you're going to feel differently about it. Your Mm. attitude will be different as a result and how you express yourself and how you connect and how you build those relationships will be more productive Mm. because the effort, (laughs) it'll feel effortless. Yeah. Right. Like it'll just feel effortless at that point because you're going to have the right attitude going into it, Mm. you know, and so. Definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of magic there. Definitely, 100%. So we're going to go into some audience questions here. So my first question uh, that we've gotten is, how can I cultivate a better attitude when I hate my job? It's a very Mm. interesting question. This is a great question. I was actually, um, so one of the conversations that I talked about this past weekend was how do you turn a layoff into a career pivot? And and some of the people who were there had jobs but hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then it got into a conversation about manifestation because someone also said like they talked about how they hated their jobs and then they, they got fired. Right. Mm. And that can happen. Right. Cause you just put, you put out that vibe, but I always like to kind of have this frame of if you have to stay in the job for right now, right. If you, if you don't have the option of leaving the job voluntarily, you have to be there then there is something that you're meant to learn that's going to prepare you for the next big opportunity that will come, right? And whatever that is, empower yourself to find it. Find it in that work. Mm. You may hate it, but if you knew there was a diamond at the end, like if someone told you like, I know this this job is awful, but when you're done and we fire you, we're going to give you a a $10 million compensation (laughs) package, right? We just want to make sure that you are clear on the lesson that you've learned having had this job, yeah. right? Like you would go to the ends of the earth to figure out what this lesson is, right? Yeah, and so yeah. have the enthusiasm, not so much for the job, but what the job it can it can give you, yeah, right? Yeah. Like what, what can you learn that you know is going to be an invaluable skill? So when you get the opportunity next to provide it to you, you can say, you know what? This is the very skill that I bring to the table. And that's going to end up being the thing that they are going to need yep. and make it so easy to hire you. Yeah. You know? And so. That's great. That is really good advice. <laughs> that is like, <laughs> I wasn't sure how you're going to answer that question because when I, when we got sent it, I was like, this is really interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah. I like There's a lot that. of people struggling with their, mm. with, with where they are in their career oh, and yeah. the job that they have. And I totally get it, you know, and sometimes we don't have the ability to say, okay, well, I'm just going to change jobs, right? There might be various circumstances that can prevent us from doing that, you know? And so, um, and that just means that 
you're probably just meant to be there for a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be there, there's a there's a lesson to be learned that is going to take you to the next level, right? Yeah. So look for that lesson, hone in on it, craft it, let it become your thing because then it's going to be the thing that gets you to that next level, mm. you know? And I've experienced it firsthand. I've seen my clients experience it. It really does does happen that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, my mom always says, um, like, everything's either a blessing or a lesson. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. it's both. But, yeah, you can always learn <laughs> something and you always walk away with a skill from a job, like, no matter what it is, you always walk away with having developed something. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that brings us to the end of our audience questions. So we're going to go into open mic now. So this is where Thomas gets to talk about pretty much whatever it is that he feels like chatting about uh, can be related to the topic, doesn't have to be. But, yeah, so I forfeit all my hosting duties and pass them <laughs> over to you. This is your job now. I can just sit here, drink my margarita, just <laughs> no. <laughs> so so what, what do you want to talk about? Um, you know, it's, this has been such a great conversation and I, and I want to thank you Tia for oh, thanks. Uh, inviting me and, and, and bringing me on to, to talk about this. Cause it, it is an important thing. And, and I want to remind people that productivity is not just about doing, mm. you know, it, it's also about what you're not doing, yeah. you know, and when you're not doing something, what what does that space create for you? Mm. And where I'm going with this is ultimately what it comes down to everything. This is like kind of what my body of work has been about in my career has been about relationships. Yeah. You know, the most important relationship that you'll ever have in your life is the one with yourself. Mm. Yeah. And it, and we talked about, you know, how do we get into a productive self, right? And it starts with attitude, your thoughts your feelings and then your behaviors towards yourself. Yeah. Right. And so I love asking clients, what is the story that defines where you are in your life right now? Oh, and wow. What's going <laughs> to be the story yeah. <laughs> that's going to define Hitting your immediate hard. future? Yeah. Right. And what are the feelings that come with that? Right? What are the feelings that comes with those stories? And allow yourself to feel them and process them. And mm. what are the behaviors? You know, what are the behaviors that brought you to where you are right now? If you can be really, you know, honest and unapologetic about it, you know, whether you're happy with where you are in your life or not, right? Like really take an inventory and look at, you know, this is the story I've allowed myself to have that has kept me not where I want to be yeah. or has got me to where I want to be, right? Yeah. Like allow yourself and process that. Now that that's complete, we don't need to look at that anymore because mm. that's the past. Yeah, wow. And now we get to focus <laughs> on, okay, what's the story that's going to define my present moment right now? Yeah. How do I want to feel about myself and how do I want to carry that through life? And then what are going to be the behaviors, the practices, the habits, however you want to call it, right? But what are going to be those behaviors that's going to instill that belief Mm. And create that world and those feelings that I want to have. Yeah. You know, we we get presented this idea that um, this this kind of formula of have plus do equals be, right? Which is which basically means like if I get that promotion, if I get in that relationship, if I have that money, I'll be able to do you know all these things, mm. and then I'll be happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, we find out that there's a lot of people on this earth who have a lot of money, who have the the relationship, who have the fame, the status, who are not happy. So that's actually not a recipe for success. Yeah. 
And so I spent a lot of time thinking about, well, how do we modify this, right? Mm -hmm. How do we put this in a place where we actually get to experience success, but not the cost of our happiness? Yeah. And so the formula that I came up with originally was B plus do equals half, right? If like if I want to be happy, then I need to do happy things. Mm, <laughs> I need yeah. to do things that make me happy, right? And the momentum of doing those things will allow me to have what I'm meant to have, right? Which requires me to release the look of, of the, you know, kind of what it looks like to have what it is that I want, yeah. right? Do I want to lose 20 pounds or do I want to be, uh, uh, do I want to be healthy and live another 20 years? Yeah. Right? Like, I might just need to lose 10 pounds for that to happen, mm. right? I don't know. I just want to be healthy. So yeah. I'm just going to do the things that healthy people do and live another 20 years. And maybe I'll lose 10 pounds. Maybe I'll lose 30. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to attach myself to that, yep. right? Because that's not what's going to make me happy or healthy. Mm. Um, and so I then that. I realized the the doing is really the, the – is still the driving force for a lot of people. And I think it can be a good thing yeah. if we put the being beforehand. And so my formula for it – having and manifestation is be times do equals have. You know, if you want to be healthy, be happy, be prosperous, be abundant, then you do those things and you do those things repeatedly. Mm. You don't do it once and all of a sudden imagine that like, okay, this is happening now, right? Like the instant gratification for that does not work. Yep. You know, it, it <laughs> It has to be done repeatedly in whatever cadence you feel comfortable with, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. But it's the repetition and the reincurring nature is key. And eventually you will get to have what it is that you want. And the last thing I will say is about the have, we always have these ideas of what we think is going to make us happy. And what I've found out in my personal life, but also with my clients, we're not actually chasing these external things. We're actually chasing internal feelings. Yeah. And yeah, we can have those feelings now. Yeah. And have it not be represented by the thing that we want. Yeah. You know? And if we're open to that, then the limitations of what you believe life can look like all of a sudden are gone. Mm -hmm. And then the possibilities of what life can look like for you are become infinite. Yeah, because you've let yourself go of what you can have, and ultimately, what ends up happening for you know in life when it when you let go of that, you end up getting more yeah. <laughs> than what you were shooting for. Yeah, you, you actually end up experiencing life beyond like your wildest dreams. Because as good as my imagination was, I have not, I did not picture the life that I get to live today. Yeah, you know, wow. I'm a pretty creative person. Yeah, right, and, and I think many of us are. Yeah, right, and so. Uh, that was like the biggest thing that I've that I've learned, you wow. know, and, and that's why I always stress like mindset yep. and and attitude because it really can change everything about someone's life. Wow, that was uh, you definitely found your calling. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it is yeah, that's <laughs> that's you. great. That's good. Yeah, solid advice. It's I really this is a, like I learned a lot from this episode, which I've loved because I think yeah, it's the start of the new year, which is where everyone's trying to you know 
manifest and cultivate all this new stuff. Um, and I yeah. think, yeah, it's just those little differences and those little mindset changes that are going to make the biggest difference in, yeah, your productivity, your overall health, just your perception of life, just, yes, good, good, good energies, good vibes. Um, so that brings us pretty much to the end of our show today. Um, so thank you so much, Thomas Edwards Jr. for being here. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah. It's been amazing. So for those Thanks who... for having me. This no. was absolutely great. I had so much I'm fun. I'm so glad. That's great. So for those who want to find out more about you and what you do, uh, where can they go? So you can go to thomasedwardsjrjr.com yep. or you can find me on social media. I'm on most platforms as Thomas H. Edwards Jr. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, we will leave. It. Yeah, um, that's easy. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll leave all the links uh, to Thomas, his socials, everything down there because, yeah, definitely keep up to date with what he's doing because, yeah, he's definitely worth it. Um, and, yeah, for those who are listening or watching, thank you so much. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're on and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Thanks again, Thomas. You have been listening to Work in Progress, the personal productivity science insights podcast produced by the Life Management Science Labs. Listen to episodes from LMSL's 10 Life Management Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or other podcasting apps on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel as it helps others find us and us grow to bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website at pp.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Tia Hama. Thanks for tuning in.